Yep. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Pixel Hunt. My name is Malcolm Cano, and joining me in the studio, as they normally do, are uh, Mr. Michael Carl. Hello. I respect the bad music. Oh, no. Just wait till it kicks in. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, And Mr. James Baker. Good evening. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, unfortunately, Tyler is taking care of some business right now. He may join us later in the evening, but we will see about that. And we're going to begin all things as we normally do with uh, some of the new releases. And boy, oh boy, are there a lot of new releases. A lot of very exciting ones. Because we've got Anthem coming out tomorrow. It's upon us. It's real. He looks so jazzed about this, oh, guys. So, you have no idea. I'm so excited because it actually, like, it actually is real. There have been a lot of, a lot of people like talking about it and like playing the beta, and that was a big can of worms. But it it appears that Anthem is actually going to be able to roll out, and uh, yeah, we have Anno 1800 coming out for the PC on February 26th. We have Dirt Rally 2.0 coming out on PS4 and Xbox One and PC on February 26th. Uh, The Lego Movie 2 coming out on PS4, Switch, Xbox One on February 26th. As well as Stellaris Console Edition coming out on the PS4, Xbox One uh, on February 26th. Yeah. That's just... Oh. That's right. That control schema is going to be absolutely nuts. The interface is going to be a mess. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. That goes for any RTS, well, honestly, that they oh, port to console. Did, oh, did you guys ever play the N64 port of StarCraft? No. It was a hot mess. <laughs> I've, I've heard stories. Please, <laughs> wait, no, please tell me about this, Jim. Uh, I mean, me there's about. not a whole lot to tell. I I had um, I had played like the demo missions of the original StarCraft at a friend's house um, back when StarCraft was you know first being released. I'm old. Um, and the, I, I really wanted to play it, but I didn't, like, my family's computer wasn't, A, probably wasn't great enough to run it, and B, uh, was locked behind a wall of my dad saying, you will never put games on this thing. Ah, uh, yes. The, dr- um, the, the the sacred holy work computer that we were, n- you can't put yeah. games on the work computer. Why did you play all those browser games on the computer? They gave us all these viruses. No, Dad. We no, it did not. (laughs) Did not. That is not true. But uh, so instead of doing, instead of like buying it for PC and installing it, we went to Blockbuster and rented the N sixty four version when they ported it. This is how old I am, folks. Uh, There were still Blockbusters in my neighborhood when I was a kid. I grew up with Blockbuster in my neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, well, there were still Blockbusters in my neighborhood. And they were popular. When I moved out. Yeah, and they were popular. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we we went and got the N64 port, and my God, it was like cranking up the difficulty by six or seven notches just because you were constantly fighting the control schema. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> the controls were actively designed to like <laughs> conflict well, with each other. Not conflict with each other necessarily, but like when you're used to point and click, right? And suddenly oh, you have a joystick that like <sighs> you have to, in order to like click and drag, you had to point the joystick at a place, hit and hold A, 
drag it to the place you want it, and release, yeah. and then you've selected all the units that you want. Like, micromanaging units in StarCraft is a huge part of gameplay right. that you just can't do when you don't have a keyboard in front of you because you can't, say, set, gr- set units into control groups because there's no control key. Ooh. And even if there was, you don't have keys like 1 through 10 arrayed there that you can just conveniently hotkey no, stuff to. It's just... Oh. So, so like, micromanage. So, like, if you wanted a, a, a small group of units, you'd have to like individually just, oh. select the ones you wanted. Oh. Um, it was it was a hot mess. And Stellaris doesn't need as much micro, but it has almost as many like little things that have to be managed. And everything's just going to take that much longer to get to. So your entire empire, like especially for a, if you're playing a large empire, like the bigger it gets, the more there's going to be that one section of your empire that you were in recently that's really up to date and everywhere else is just backwater as all get out. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Well, it sounds like fun. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the old StarCraft is the one game that requires the three hands yeah. that the N64 controller allows. <laughs> yep. I, I, I love that the N64 controller is designed for people with three people hands. with three hands. It's good. And if you only have two hands, you look like an idiot. Yep. Congratulations. You have to you have to hold it in the center and the right side, while the left side just hangs off just dangles uselessly yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a dumb controller um and actually there is i'm gonna i'll spoil this a little bit just because uh this will be coming out on the switch in a week but delta rune's coming to the switch on february 28th oh wow yeah it's gonna be free there too i have probably it'd be really weird if if they charged for it i i don't know i mean ultimately it was released free and on PC. On PC. But so. it wasn't it wasn't on a service wasn't on it PC. On, wasn't it just a browser? Right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. You just downloaded it <clears> off <throat> of a browser. Still. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Tetris 99 was free. so. Yeah, but that's a really old IP that Nintendo has owned for yeah, but like Toby 30 Fox. years. Yeah, and like Deltarune's just a demo. Is it a demo? It is a demo. It's like a two-hour game, right? Yeah, but it's a full game. Oh. I don't think it's a demo. I thought it was like, this is a little taste of like the new game. That's His coming. new project? Yeah. I thought it was going to be an entirely separate thing. Ooh. I thought Deltarune was was a post a postscript to Undertale. It is. Yeah. But it's, it's I, I, okay, maybe I, I need to look into this a bit more. Yeah. Because I thought Deltarune. Because I haven't, I haven't played it yet. Neither have I. I thought when Deltarune came out, it was like, oh, and here's a little, little taste for like, some stuff that's going to come out later, or like a demo of Maybe. Because I feel like people were talking about it like a full game. Uh, maybe. It was people were losing their minds. Well. well, it's a Toby Fox game. so like Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. People would be losing their minds. Uh, but yeah, speaking of the Switch, speaking of the N64 controller, um, I have some bittersweet news. And this is why I've changed the bed music, uh, and why I'm kind of going to focus on this. Uh, but... Our dear beloved friend and meme, uh, Reggie Feels M.A., is stepping down from as uh, president of Nintendo of America oh, no. after decades of being just a, a, a constant ray of beautiful, beautiful sunshine uh, for the community, for the Nintendo community here in the United States. For those of you who don't know, uh, Reggie Feels M.A. was a 
Uh, he's the main marketing executive. He was the main marketing executive for um, Nintendo of America. And he became, he, he got like cult-like status because he was so willing to go up at conferences and like just be goofy. So I, I have a few things here. Um, and I actually, I, I wanted to spend a good portion of this kind of just focusing on the type of, like, who was this guy? Not many people know about him beyond the meme. I know I didn't. Uh, and I think it, it would pay to to just, let's let's go back. Let's head, head on back with me now in the Wayback Machine. And we're going to talk a little bit about him. So I have a, at least some of his history. So he, he joined Nintendo in December of 2003 as an executive vice president of sales and marketing. And he was responsible for all sales and marketing in Nintendo in the United States and Latin America. And then in 2006... He became the president and chief operating officer for Nintendo of America after the former president, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, was mo uh, moved to his new role as chairman of the board and chief executive officer. Uh, and he, he opened up in May 2004 by going to Nintendo's E3 press conference and stating, My name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass. I'm about taking names. And we're about making games. He, he just, he, he kind of broke out from what was essentially, or beforehand, Nintendo's incredibly conservative, very subdued, like, not really fun, uh, just kind of like, they were just, they, they did their own things, and Reggie kind of brought this really beautiful, playful energy to the whole thing. He, um, <laughs> he gained, uh, many gamers called him the, the Reginator, and he... <laughs> One point before going up onto onto stage, uh, he said the immortal lines, uh, "My body, my body is ready." Before going up on stage, you know, I wonder where that line came from because I know I've heard that before. Now I know it was it was so incredible. Um, he he managed to like he gave a <clears throat> he was really for inclusion and trying to make sure that that gamers uh managed to to talk to people he even appeared in like the youtube series deadlock uh by the game theorists with matt pat he was pretty well known to like playing along with jokes and and trying to at least foster a sense of of light spirited fun um and i think that that's it is really something we we do not see i mean like he he also oversaw Nintendo from like the the let's see hold on he went from and this is 2003 so one moment I just want to make sure that I have these right got to get your facts straight folks yeah he started this is quality reporting in action he started at uh, Nintendo he started on the GameCube. Went to the Game Boy Advance, through the Wii, the Wii U, the DS, the 3DS, and onto the first two years of the Nintendo Switch. So really, like, at least in America, we can, like, all of modern Nintendo gaming, bef or before, say, after the GameCube was him. And, like, he was the one that was kind of the face of Nintendo after all of that. And it's really impressive, just the, like... 15 years spanning all of that and before he actually used to he worked for papa john's or not papa john's he worked for pizza hut uh uh he was uh he worked for pizza hut vh1 
and a couple of other uh, companies, including like Procter and Gamble and a few others, before he hit like Nintendo uh, and stuck with it. And that was that. Those were also at the executive level. Yes. I assume. Yep. Okay. He he actually he grew up in the Bronx. Oh, you're telling me he wasn't slinging pizza. Like, no, in the kitchen while no. working at Pizza Hut. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I'm not saying Even that. He, but... <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. It seemed like he was the type of person that that would do that. Um, he he actually, I think he's a he's a beautiful and really fantastic example of an exec, a, a good executive, uh, because he managed to to do an executive's job, but also seemed at least to to like the community, to actually like video games. He plays video games with his children, or started playing video games with his children when they were really young. Um, so he managed to be an executive who wasn't just... Who was also still a person who's interested in the product that his company is pushing. It seemed that way, and the way he kind of carried himself over it. Um, it's... <laughs> and, of course, I this would not be complete, and this story is really beautiful and sensational because... Guess, guess what the name of the man, of the man replacing him is. I, I don't All know. Right. It's his name is Doug Bowser. Doug Bowser. Doug Bowser is gonna be the new president of Nintendo of America. No way. Yeah. <laughs> there is some lovely situational and, irony. And in the that. and the and the internet exploded when that happened. Where everyone essentially the same joke was like. We now no longer need to make jokes about this because it's just, yep, every, yep, there it we go. It explains itself. Doug Bowser, he worked, he worked with EA for over eight years before coming over. Uh, he was, yeah, he was VP of global business planning um, at EA and then came over to Nintendo. And before that, he worked at Procter & Gamble. Um, yeah. He joined Nintendo in May of 2015 as the VP of Sales and was then promoted to his current role in August of 2016 uh, to lead marketing for the Nintendo Switch. Um, and he says, uh, It's been my great fortune to work with and be mentored by Reggie for four years at Nintendo of America, Bowser said. And rest assured, we will continue to build on his work to evolve and expand our brand, furthering Nintendo's global missioning of creating smiles. There are millions of millions more of those to come. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they, the name kind of in the back of their minds, they were like, this is going to be great. Just the sheer meme potential like, is I'll be honest. It outlandish. feels, it feels right that the person replacing Reggie is eat, like, oh, we're just go jumping right into the memes. Seems to be a job tailored for just ridiculousness. Um, and he, and he, he actually, again, he, he seems like someone who'd be relatively interested in it, or at least after being mentored by Reggie, he seems to be pretty passionate about the position. Um, and it actually, it's also the reason that Reggie took off the time it was really beautiful because he said he wanted to spend more time with his wife and family and friends in Seattle. Uh, and I, I don't know, there's something about the, the thought of him being like, ah, I'm good. I'm a. I, I want to spend more time with the people I love. That uh, really just warms the warms the cockles of my heart. It's beautiful, so beautiful. Um, so Doug Bowser coming to Nintendo. Uh, and let's just see. Uh, yeah. 
This will continue indefinitely, probably until Doug Bowser retires, gives the position to a turtle who's apparently not his kid, and goes back to harassing his local plumber. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's laugh about and the, like. There's this Kotaku article that did a really beautiful thing. It was like, let's just la- let's laugh about the high-powered executive with the cartoon dinosaur name. Um. Oh, and in the first the first photo of Doug Bowser when he joined Nintendo. Uh, was him holding up a sign saying thank you for the warm welcome and if you zoom in the back Mario and Luigi dolls are like sitting on a shelf and they've been bound in a in a GameCube controller cord they're they're messing with us they know they know exactly what they're doing the layers are just gonna increase it's it's actually incredible subliminal messaging it's gonna begin like he, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna order a game. Yep. We're gonna go pick it up, or it's gonna arrive at our place. We're gonna open it up, and inside there's just gonna be a note that says, "I'm sorry, dear user, but your game is in another this castle." Another castle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh. And Doug Bowser did not, and this has been confirmed. He did not change his name for the Nintendo gig. His name's always been Doug Bowser. I bet, I bet because of that, he office-spaced it. He, he didn't do anything in his job. He just sat around and did nothing. And they're like, this guy has potential. And it was because of his last name. So they're like, all right, yeah, you're going up a step. So people know you. People know your name. All right, now you're going to the top. You don't have to do anything. But you're going to the top, and everyone's going to love it. I'm so great. No discredit to him, of course. Yeah. Well, no, but like, yeah, it, yes, no, no discredit. It, absolutely played a part you know that board of directors was sitting around a table and they're like (laughs) we're talking about doug bowser right now they're just doug bowser's looking like a very serious candidate yep just prepare to hear the same joke a thousand times yeah um 18 zillion different variations of the same joke yeah all right, just, I'm okay with that. I, I I don't know. I'm when it's this joke, I have a hard time complaining. Yeah, yeah, it's wholesome. It is. It is actually it's wholesome family it's, fun. It's, it's, it's a nice, Nintendo. Yeah. See, and that's why I, I chose this story because it's just so. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, ah. It's it's, it's wholesome family fun, and it's great internet memes until you realize that there's also a villain in the White House, and like, oh, oh, oh all right, <laughs> oh. This is a video game show. We're going to try to stick <laughs> to the video games. Um, but at least there, um, I, I think that, like, I, I, I like this. I like this as a kind of departure, and I think that uh, at least moving forward, Nintendo, Nintendo of America has been doing a lot correct, especially with Breath of the Wild, especially with the Switch, especially with Mario Especially Odyssey. with copyright takedowns Yeah, because they stopped <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Eased up at least. They, they finally like developed a sense of chill, yeah. and it only took them like a decade. Yeah. To like. What was that all? To stop freaking out whenever someone tried to play their game on Played YouTube. Played twenty seconds of their footage. Oh, like, whoa, whoa. Owned. <laughs> that's ours. Take you down. You can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> take take that. Nope, that's ours. You can't do that. Calling it now. Next marketing director for EA is going to be named Saren. I it yeah. Ooh. Oh boy. I like. I want. Who's Mr. indoctrinating Mr. him? Yeah, I want Mister Reaper. 
I want Saren Reaper to be the name of the next guy. <laughs> Just a ridiculous name. I like I want Konami to be run by Mr. Dr. Pyramid Head. Mr. Pyramid Head. Yeah. Miss yeah. Pyramid Head. Or just uh Liquid Snake. Liquid Snake. <laughs> Pull the lever. A pachinko name machine just, liquid snake. just becomes Konami's next VP. Oh no, actually more reasonable. I could see someone named Ocelot. Yeah. Ocelot would be kind of cool. Just like yeah, <laughs> like pre- President Ocelot. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait. Just start calling themselves Big Boss. Uh, surprise, actually, Hideo Kojima's actually been, uh, masquerading as the president of Konami, and he's been building this elaborate, weird back-and-forth and animosity between himself and the company just to trick all of us, because he wanted to. He has that power. In true Kojima fashion. <laughs> just, why? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's funny to me. Yeah. Puts himself in his own demo footage <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> oh, what a guy. So, and I also... Apologies, folks. This went to a weird place. It's actually... Yeah. It's also the reason why I picked the the, the Nintendo... Uh, me, um, the Me Channel theme. Or the... Yeah. Just a nice little... Like, a reminder. It gets in your head. It, it does. It inhabits it. Uh, it does. That's why I love it so much. Not as much as the one with pauses that are too long that one is disturbing yeah <laughs> that one makes me feel uncomfortable yeah so that one really burrows into your head that's right well like because you never leaves because you're listening it li- listening to it and your brain's just like no oh that's not it's supposed to go shorter than that <laughs> yeah, yeah for those of you who haven't seen this and are familiar with the it's incredible the me channel theme go ahead and look it up on youtube it's me channel with overly it's, long... it's like uncomfortably long pauses yep <laughs> you just look that up I, it has a ton of views at this point. It is very funny it's and great. also very unnerving. It doesn't, yeah, it does not feel good. And also, so I, I've also decided that we're also, there are a couple of other stories that I wanted to highlight uh, while we're kind of riding this wave. Um, guys, guess what? Female viewership in esports has increased. Uh, there's, uh, according to Intercept, uh, uh, girls and women account for 30% of esports watchers, which is up more than 6% in just two years. Which is like a pretty, like, substantial jump. Uh, and it seems like, thankfully, video games are, again, they have a long way to go. But, it seems like, over the past two years at least, uh, more people are taking interest in esports. And the audience is actually, as sports go, like, pretty... Is starting to, to uh, include at least more... Demographics. Yeah, increasing in diversity. It's a step in the right direction, yeah. but certainly uh, participation in esports. Yes. Showing more diversity would be welcome too. Yeah. Uh, overall, the girls and women account for 35% of people who play esports games on console or PC, and 20.3% of those who watch a specific esports league on those platforms. Okay. But not so so play those games, but don't participate in esports. Just play esports games. Yes, play the yeah. play the games that and like yeah twenty point three percent actually. Okay. So that's not the same thing. No, no. It, it almost which is it's kind of weird. It's almost like they're trying to make it sound like because, it is. Yeah, it's not. See what they are saying is that more women and girls are watching esports, not right. necessarily that they are 
participating in esports. Yes. That's a whole another thing yes. that we need to work on as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's but happening that's, in regular sports. I mean, that's true across every sport. It is. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and like precisely that. And I think and but the good news is is that like in esports, it's absolute nonsense hokey nonsense to be like well men and women can't play in the same league that's ridiculous that's impossible you can't say that about video games come on so at least with this esports might be and i i can't believe I'm, I'm, we're going into full tinfoil hat territory but esports in my opinion are probably going to be in the future a bit more equal when it comes to male and female participation hopefully because I, I don't know. At least, at least with this, you can't be like, "Well, we have to make a, a female Overwatch league and a male Overwatch league." That'd be it's no, that's ridiculous. So, uh, if we're able to overcome the other problems with diversifying players, uh, at least gender-wise in the league, I think that we'd actually it'd look pretty promising. It certainly is hard to tell when you know you're playing through an internet connection what gender the other person is and how that gender is affecting their gameplay yeah i never yeah you never like you never (laughs) suffer a a, a your team gets uh quad killed and you're never like that was definitely a girl that there's yeah and and that's actually one of the beauties about playing uh esports and video games is that like it also equalizes you because, like, nobody knows really what your gender is or what you look like or what your race is. Um, and in a way, it makes it, at least in that regard, on a purely visual aspect, harder for people to discriminate against you. There are other ways, but visually, it's pretty good. Well, yeah, I think what people do online in video games when they get upset is they assume things instead. Usually incorrect things. And that's when they start screaming over the mic and hurling accusations uh, about one's mother and, you know, things like that. But yes. they're usually false. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. But uh, that can also be also just as bad. unrelated to... <laughs> yes. yes, they have nothing to do with anything. Uh, actually, and I, while we are here, we are going to do the weather real quick. But I also, while we're about to do the weather, want to do a quick shout out to Atril Salazar. Uh guest co-host who is currently listening to us and uh enjoying his anniversary uh, with his girlfriend they, so congratulations april happy anniversary happy anniversary the evening. yeah enjoy yourselves love from us um but but not from the weather no not from the weather it's it's better it's not as bad as it was before we're, we're... Just you wait, my friend. What? Just you wait. What do you know that I don't, Jim? One of my coworkers jinxed it today. No. We're like, oh, it's, it can't be that bad. Or it can't be this bad for much longer, right? How would I say and that? I was like, I hear Mother Nature right now. Hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> Russell's from already... her slumber like, yeah. oh, it's not cold enough. Is this too easy for you? Let me crank up the difficulty level. Nature's difficulty set to yep. veteran. It's it's <laughs> set to Russia in winter. Yes. She's she's the friend who you think should have drunk herself into a stupor, but is somehow still awake. And like and is moderate like mumbling seems... and stumbling around the room 
and you're not noticing, but then suddenly she comes back. And just with a right hook. Yeah. <laughs> it's the person at and a party. And she's violent. It's a polar it. vortex of a right hook, let me yes. tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. Uh, but currently, it's 23 degrees in Iowa City. Uh, but guys, what does it feel like outside? Uh, I'm going to go with a, mm, 16 degrees. Okay. Mm, okay. I'll say 21. It's 23. The real feels oh. at 23. For once, it feels like what it is, apparently. Uh, nice. Congratulations, Mike. I think that's... Uh, you. That's two in a row. That's two in a row. Wow. I, I got to get back on my game. Here. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, excellently done. No. Um, and at least in this regard, I, um, I don't know. I'm excited. I think that it also kind of gets me really jazzed whenever I think about esports, especially on major networks. Uh, specifically on ESPN, because uh, in the back of my mind, I'm like, take that, organize, organize sports. That's right. You know, you're sitting in your bar thinking about baseball and football. Then you look up, and Evo Street Fighters happening on your on your network. That's right. The future's now, old man. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the time when I have to go to a family Thanksgiving, and. My brother and my dad are like, oh, let's watch some TV. And I'm like, yeah, I hear there's a great game on ESPN. And I just turn on some StarCraft and they look at me like I'm insane. And I'm like, what? It's on ESPN. It's obviously a sport. You want me to tell you how it goes? I can give you a play-by-play. And for once, hundreds or maybe thousands of nerds across the country will be able to smugly look at their in their their family and or like parents and or, or friends whatever. and just be like, "Hold on, let me tell you about why that play was really good or bore you about player stats for a minute." Yep. You know, oh, like, this player is really wow, good. They're, they're doing great this oh, season. I, I heard this player got traded. <laughs> And they're like, oh, looks like they're going for a good counter pick. Ah, the Fountain of Dreams. That's an interesting one. I hear Politana's meta is going really well. And they'll just look at you and are like, what What does that mean? Welcome. Welcome. Throw it back at them. Welcome, welcome to my entire childhood. Like at, at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to perpetrate not, that against like, people who've know, done it to me I'm because just, it's not out of ill will. You know, of course, I'm not, I'm just joking. Like, I'm yeah, not, I yeah, don't, of course, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. In fact, it would be great if we could, like, finally, they'd be like, oh, this is actually kind of cool, and like, yeah, maybe be interested in playing. Then you bust out the smash, and that's when you dunk on your family. It just, it would be <laughs> nice. It would be nice if we could respect each other's interests. Oh. And and listen interestedly, but also be aware maybe when someone doesn't want to talk about that. That's a good point, especially when it comes to sports. Yes, an astounding amount of people seem to just not read that as your as your eyes slowly yeah. fixate on the wall. Yeah, 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 as, exactly. As you're told about this Cubs player who you've never heard of in your life, who's like, yeah, and I guess some. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at eye contact enough that when my eyes wander away because I'm bored in a conversation, it doesn't look any different from what I'm interested. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just no. need to work on that. No, no. not from what I know no. of you. I've, I've also like, no, I've been in the same position where I've been like, okay, I'm just going to like, I'll just be like, mm-hmm, yeah. Ah, yep. and and like nod, but like and just kind of just give a few hints. It's those like those not... monosyllable answers mm. and wow, you don't nods. say. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy, man. 
Always, oh. that's crazy. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he's he's batting average is point. Yeah. Point two eight six. That's like, crazy. Like, hey, you see that guy? His global smash power is at consistent four point five million. Whoa. That's crazy. He's right up in elite with a low level tier character. Can you believe that? That's that crazy. guy. That that guy right over there that's walking across the street right now. His. Here's the Storm MMR is like five <laughs> times higher than mine will ever be. Oh my god. He is and a re- he is a true hero of the Storm. And he he mains who's a really tough player. He mains Abathur. He mains yeah, exactly. See like I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. So so now that's the conversation that Jim is going to have with you and you're going to be like, "Oh, that's crazy." I don't. Or we can talk about World of Warcraft rates. I mean, I'm, although you're you're, I'm gonna, getting, you're I'm getting gonna, there. You're getting to, there. My week's been really crazy. I'm going to jump into that hole. I'm afraid I'm gonna like never come out of it though. I'll I'll help pull you out if you fall too far in. Thanks. It's like oh, nobody's seen Malcolm in a couple of weeks. What's he doing? Oh, he's just. Been... Oh, I've seen him. I've seen him all of those three weeks. Yeah, he's just been on the... <laughs> in he's... the virtual lands. <laughs> in the virtual. Uh, no, I can't. I can't wait for esports to get even like bigger and bigger. I can't wait for like Apex Legends like tournaments. I can't wait for. Um, what is it? PvP in Warcraft? <laughs> oh, there are already. Oh, I can imagine broadly broadcast arena tournaments. They're not. I don't think they're televised, but they get internet broadcast right. all over the place. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, which is massive, the current state. Massive arena championships. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, if if you look at Evo, some of those tournaments are already massive. That's right. They just don't get televised. They get Twitch streamed. Exactly, but they still reach millions of people. Yeah, yeah. So much so that in uh. Ooh, excuse me. In South Korea and China, uh, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah, well, and that's and the thing. Japan too. U.S. television just hasn't caught on to it yet. Yeah. And and no, they actually like the yeah exactly. U.S. television like I remember like actually did stream e- like actually showed Evo on ESPN at one point, but like it's not become nearly as regular. Like especially with like the new Smash coming out is gonna do um it's gonna like oh man the competitive scenes like blowing up right now. I'm so excited. Honestly, I, I think it's because they definitely know how profitable it is, but they don't understand it enough to take it up yet. Yeah, to really like you have to wait it. until like new blood gets into Your the audience. industry because television is is going to at least cable television is going to change. Is going to yes, it's either going to have to change very quickly or die out completely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I am of the the opinion that like it will it'll never fully die out, but it'll probably be like re like absorbed into the fold and yeah altered. merged yeah merged just cronenberg swallowed uh into the media as it continues to creep forward kind of like the thing yeah does that make disney like a giant cronenberg yeah yeah that is right or a katamari oh i like the disney i, katamari. I like the idea of disney as a katamari simply because i'm uncomfortable with the idea of Star Wars Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like. I actually think like a Katamari is an excellent description of 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 the stuff because like it's just like you look at it and it's your entire childhood just like in an enormous ball of like yeah, just a giant controlled by ball. one tiny little person, a mouse, who, a small, yeah, mouse. A, a small yeah. angry <laughs> mouse. And like whoa, and then it's and it's coming to roll you up. And you and you just stand there and you get rolled up with the rest of it. Yeah, and you because let so, it happen. And you because love it's it. So yeah. joyous. Being part of a catam. Being it's so part colorful. Of a the music is great. You just you love every part of it. 
And sure, at first you run away in fear, but then you learn. Yeah. Once it, once you're brought once into you the have Katamari, been assimilated. once you've been assimilated into the Katamari, yeah. It's like this the, conversation took a very grim turn. I love the flood, don't you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then like it's Reggie, Reggie like yeah. Reggie, you your body is related. My body is Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you just make a Borg reference? Yes, I did. did. I? Excellent. Nice. My body is Reggie. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but okay. I know. I love, uh, and like, oh man, I love, I just love that about him. But, um, Mel, you know one thing that'll never change though? Melty Blood tournaments. No matter how big they get, no matter how competitive the scene gets, it's always going to be outside in a, in a Popeye's. Their official, uh, their official mascot is going to be an actual raccoon yeah. dumpster diving in whatever they're using to hold up the screen. Yep, like the it's a it's just a it's a raccoon and a dude with a GoPro taking a <laughs> taking a video of a of a poorly lit laptop that you sitting can bar- on a parking lot s- that you can like barely see in the glares glinting off it. Uh, and halftime is when the when the mall cop comes out and tells you <laughs> that you can't play here. <clears throat> gotta take it inside <laughs> and the halftime yeah and then you do a change of sh- scenery to someone's hotel hallway not someone's hotel room but the hallway in which they're staying <laughs> uh, and then people All get correct. and then everyone gets drunk and then the actual champions from evo show up and like but they're of course hiding their identity, and then the money comes out, and you've got money fights in a bathroom <laughs> over Melty Blood. There's a dude passed out, drunk in the corner. He won Evo a couple hours ago, but that doesn't matter right now. Yeah, he was from a different tournament. Yeah, he, he just won, wandered in he here. He won the Tekken out. tournament like a couple hours ago, yeah. but he's over here with the Melty Blood yeah. crew. I, that actually happened. Some, I know something similar. I love it yeah. so much. I love every. <laughs> I love everything about that. The the fact that like, I don't know. I if I ever do go to a con, like I wanna I wanna go to a Melty Blood tournament. <laughs> you gotta find it first. Exactly. I wanna find. And there there are some hoops. It's it's deep underground, man. <laughs> I wanna get good at the game and show up with my own ratchet controller. <laughs> yes. Be like, plug me in. Here's my twenty dollars. I'd like to enter. <laughs> Here's so, my twenty dollars in the secret handshake. Yeah, Let's just do this. exactly. I know a guy. You just throw your money in like some dude's car trunk it's that's just on open. A... <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and Guys, somebody's gotta... hand like reaches in from the back of the car to just pull oh, the money just, in. It's just taking the money. There's like a the window rolls down and sm- cigar smoke wafts out of it and a dude just like with a bunch of rings a hand with a bunch of rings reaches out and you just put the put the 20 you don't Entry look inside fee. the car and you just go go play your sets and if you win you get your prize money or you hope you get your prize money and that's it but it's melty blood so no guarantees yeah we don't know and like we never really know how those we, things end we don't know if someone's gonna show up halfway through we don't know if we're gonna get kicked out the guys who are gonna use the space next for cockfighting show up early and you gotta gotta go somewhere else uh, <laughs> open air parking lot yep. cockfight you're just uh, okay coming I to I respect you, that coming to a coming to the third floor of a parking garage near you <laughs> 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 Over in the northwest corner. No, 
right by the white sedan. Yeah. <laughs> we, this is getting out of hand. We guys. do have we have to take a quick second to play to play a word, but we will be right back after this. Never change, Melty Blood. Never change. I love you. Yeah. Never so, change, Melty Blood community. Please never change. Keep keep being so wonderfully self-aware. I love it. <laughs> just like, yeah, like goofily self-aware yes, of amazing. how, just how, like, dirty it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... This uh, this one is is more of like a gaffe than anything else. Uh, it has a it has a good ending, but like Epic recently, um, Fortnite had to remove a bunch of pre-roll ads um, on videos that a number of the companies and services that were playing on videos being used by predators to exploit children. So according to The Verge. Uh, reports uh, earlier this week that a YouTube channel run by creator Matt Watson published a video exposing, quote, a wormhole into a softcore pedophilia ring on YouTube. Watson points out that YouTube effectively has a collective of videos that include children in them that, will not, while not explicit themselves, have comment sections populated by users timestamping moments or scenes that could be considered they'd be considered to sexualize the children and so like epic games was like ah we got let's pull all of that out of there um at least showing that they are paying attention to what is is being put uh and at least they've done something about an issue like this but it raises one of the greater problems is that like it's going to start becoming really murky as our YouTube start starts mixing with our Twitch, starts mixing with our Fortnite, and everything slowly melds together into one giant media conglomerate. Um, and so, like, it also raises a question of like, where do where do companies stand? And I think that Epic has has done a really good job of like they've they've acted accordingly and are now and moderated the videos on which they're running their ads. So. Thankfully, they they took interest away. They stopped profiting from it. And I know that for like for some people, they're like, "Well, companies are only there to make money." Like, okay, sure. But I appreciate that that they that and again, like, it's also it's not purely selfless. It's also bad PR. Um, but the fact that they managed they they did something about it after having it pointed out, I think, is a it's good it's a good sign. Um, but. So let me see if I understand this properly. Yes. Epic was running ads on YouTube and found out that their ads were being run on a specific subset of videos which are popular with a particular uh, subset of humanity that likes looking at these videos for the possible sexualization of children? Yes, that would go down into the comments and place timestamps on moments in the videos. While the videos themselves were not sexually explicit... That could, like, it'd be like, oh, check this out for, like, something that could be used to sexual, like, something that would later be sexualized or would be sexualized by this group of people. Um, and so a, a, a YouTuber, like, may, thankfully, as, and this is one of the nice things I think about a lot of platforms is that, like, uh, this was brought to light by a YouTube channel that was like, hey, this is messed up and this is happening on our site. We should do something about this. Uh, and it got enough traction that, like, uh, at least Epic Games started pulling that. And and part of what that means is that, like, since the ads are being pulled, uh, the videos themselves will kind of at least 
stop having uh, stop being profitable. Uh, they might uh, YouTube has also acted pretty swiftly and have deleted a number of channels uh, that have been filed under this as well. Um, it, it, it just comes to like it's hard to to moderate content like this, but it it seems like at least in this ca uh, in this case study uh, that the steps steps have been taken to at least address it on YouTube's part and uh, Epic's part, which I think is pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, we've paused all pre-roll advertising, an Epic Games spokesperson said to The Verge. Uh, through our advertising agency, we've reached out to Google and YouTube to determine actions they'll take to, eliminate, to eliminate this type of content from their services. And in response, YouTube says that it took immediate action by deleting accounts and channels, reporting illegal activities to authorities, and disabling uh, violative comments. Any content, including comments that endangers minors, is abhorrent. We have clear policies prohibiting this on YouTube. That's more to be. There's more to be done, and we continue to work on to work to improve and catch abuse more quickly. Um, yeah, I, I think that this. I, I liked this ad because it was at least a good example of a problem, but with what appears to be a working model of a solution, um, or at least a solution in progress. That's good. Um, well, think, we can hope. Yes, we can hope. At, at least on on this end, it looks like they are doing something. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about YouTube's statement. What is it? Uh, because I'm I'm wondering how. And I don't know if this article reports this. I'm wondering how large scale this issue was. I I, I do um, not know. It's and also... because the, the, those those statements, while I think yes, show a good model are also a bit ambiguous. Right, like I'm we, curious we... what reporting to the authorities means. Right. Um, how exactly that would be executed with a, a large group of people if this was, in fact, a lot of anonymous, rather invisible people uh, on the internet. Yeah, what's to stop the... them from just starting another channel? Yeah, I, I don't really know how that works. And in fact, I don't think it really does. Yeah, it, it, it seems like... Well, I think it, it's it's uh, the the root cause is a lack of content moderation at on the content creator side. So like it it should be so that like content like this should actually never make it onto the site, um, or rather the comment section there uh, should be identified or flagged. But again, it, it presents the issue of like, well, okay, how is YouTube supposed to be like? Oh well, that video could potentially be. Uh, sexualized, like people might use this for uh, to exploit or abuse minors. Like, okay, but it, right. it becomes very tough for them to to like to catch yeah. it before. Well, because then then you're 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 doing you're doing a minority report. Exactly, you're That's doing a precog. Yeah, we get. You're, you're you're trying to predict how someone is going to act based on what they see on YouTube, which is impossible. Especially since the way these videos are being described, it doesn't even sound like any of it was explicit necessarily. It sounds like people were interpreting this content in a way that maybe even it wasn't necessarily intended to be interpreted. Right. So, I, I don't know. It's, it, it a, doesn't, it's, it's a really tough spot. Yeah, like, I, and especially considering that, if YouTube actually is taking down these channels, I'm very curious what these channels were and if... The party putting out the video is clearly guilty, or instead, it was just the people they attracted. Yeah. You think about the fact that people well, attacking PewDiePie yeah. 
right now. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he had like Daily Stormer write an article on him, which is uh extremely far right uh news outlet on the internet. Really? Been around for a while. And at one point they said something about how they were supported by Pew- or they they supported PewDiePie. Which you can't be responsible for, for who, who supports you and how they react to your right, content. But you, but you can be, you can respond and be like, "I don't support that." Which he did, yeah. but people don't care. Uh, but then, <laughs> so that's and then the Vox thing. was like, "Ah, another one." A lot, of, a lot of news outlets, yeah, Wall Street Journal. Honestly, whenever still they very get the reputable. Chance, whenever they get the chance to crucify PewDiePie, they take it. It's very easy. Very easy for them. Or or anybody. I mean, he, yeah. he's been the current target for a while just because he's very easy to target, uh, him being at the top of the platform. Uh, that being said, they target everyone on the platform. This is true. Uh, it's a greater media thing. So, uh, guess who's just joined us, everyone? Tyler's here. Hello, Tyler. Hey, sorry to disappoint you, my you loyal did- fans. <laughs> but I'm, I'm here. His the- loyal wow. fans. Wow, all right. Okay. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, of course they're fans of Pixel Hunt, but also so, fans of me. The Tyler heads out there. The That's ones right. that are... <laughs> I, I prefer to think of them as Durboys. The Durboys. And girls. You know, there's a joke I could make there, but it's not tasteful. Good. So, yeah. Good. But uh, um, no, glad to glad that you could make it. What if I miss gents? Uh, Reggie of Nintendo yeah. America. Replaced with Bowser himself. Doug Bowser. Ah, it's pretty sweet. So beautiful. Such a beautiful thing. But um, I don't know. We talked about how Reggie like epitomized like a really heartfelt and really good executive. Someone who seemed to really care about the brand. And my body is not Reggie for his de- his departure. Yep. None of our bodies are Reggie for. That's what the fifth time that joke's been made tonight. Third. Well, you know what? I had but to come in to here. I had to come in here and make that joke, not knowing you had already made that joke. So that's okay. He's it's just different. showing his joke back. We're all just very generic people. We we think in similar ways. Well, I mean, that's pretty apparent when we play like Quiplash <laughs> and we all put in like the same three that's, jokes. That's honestly that's real fun. That's my favorite part of playing. Yeah, that's Quiplash. rough. <laughs> I don't know. There's some there's some good ones. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sometimes. Um. But yeah, we uh, we were also talking about how uh, Epic Games actually pulled a bunch of predatory ads off of uh, some YouTube videos that were being used to sexualize children and was leading to the exploitation and sexualization of minors. But oh, yeah, that's... seems like Epic uh, not only pulled the mid-roll ads, but according to a Verge article, YouTube also stepped in and began to delete accounts. But we were also kind of discussing how that, like, it's really impossible to precog tell when content's going to be explicit or abusive because, like, the videos themselves weren't at all explicit, but people were, were changing the context by, like, going down to the comments and listing timestamps for moments that could be construed as such. And so it's, it's really difficult as all of this content starts to amalgamate and become, you know, bigger and bigger and more and more videos are being made by more people... Um, it's really hard to, to kind of govern and moderate all that, especially when you have like, it's like, okay, so like, looks like Twitch and Epic Games and YouTube and all these other places have to coordinate together in order to make sure that like one of their, you know, it doesn't become like a seedy underground area in one of their spaces. Fair enough. Yeah. So 
We also hit that. Uh, I, I got uh, we shop music as the bed music. I thought I thought I heard something that was driving me insane. Yeah. Slowly. Welcome. Welcome. Also, anthem comes out tomorrow. Woo woo. I'll be too busy playing Apex Legends. This is true. Uh, I've been playing Apex Legends and it's a blast. I love it. You, Malcolm and I are not very good. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, if again, you're really I... lucky, you'll get on later tonight, and you'll get to face them, and you'll get to stomp them. Yeah, I well, mean, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> like you try, you try picking up a game, and in the first, you know, four hours of playing, be good at it. I suppose, yeah. Like, yeah, no That's one's, yeah. That, no one is good at the beginning of a game unless you are a god. Depends. I mean, if you've had prior experience in shooters, sure, well, that would help. Yeah, but doesn't yeah but it doesn't guarantee that you'd be good no and like, it doesn't and like we've made it to like number four well yes it's true but every time we enter into a shootout it's like a one in three chance that we'll like make it out alive yeah let alone beat them yeah that's true it's also because we get ambushed a lot because yeah. we don't know the maps yeah, and so we get like yeah. just absolutely like rode up on they need to put Roadhog into Apex yeah, Legends. <laughs> Where's Roadhog? You and your bloody Roadhog, I swear. It's, it's my brand. My it, brand. Um, no, I'm uh, glad. It's I, like World of Warcraft. How it's your brand. Roadhog's my brand. For Mike, it's Dark Souls, I guess. That, I I don't get the equivalency <laughs> going on here. Or yeah, Donkey you're, Kong. You're naming, a character you're naming whole game? games for well, yeah. us, but yours is one character. Yeah. Yes, it's my favorite reference to make on this show. Yeah. Oh, okay, like, what's your go-to? Like, Jim, you've got your World of Warcraft, and Tyler, you've got your rant about why Roadhog should be unnerved or whatever. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm fine with that, because I've, I've already... I've already... No, I've already ranted about it on the episode nobody on SoundCloud will ever hear. That's right. So, The, the that's Lost fine. Episode. That's right. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> As spoken of in The Lost Episode. Correct. Um, Yeah, Mike, you've got your Dark Souls, and I've got... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to think about that for a little bit. Yeah. Pokemon Coliseum. I do. I've got my Pokemon. Yeah, it's, my, it's single, ca- my single player Pokemon. Katamari. Oh, yeah. Katamari. It's Katamari. It's another one. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. But um, I, I think we've all got our all the things we love over here. Um. But yeah, we were also, and this is kind of the the final story of the night, and you might actually be interested in this, but uh, Kabam founder Kevin Cho, alongside veterans of Garage Games, Unity, and Linden Lab, have announced the formation of a blockchain gaming platform startup called Forte. Uh, and its aims to increase and speed up adoption and integration of blockchain technology in the gaming industry. Plans to build, incubate, and fund teams and projects that are using blockchain for the game economies. Uh, and I actually recently read an example of what that might look like. And allow me, oh, allow me to spin a tale for you guys. This is about to get real exciting. So, blockchain is pretty weird. But it could lead to something called, or at least someone has suggested something called legacy loot in an MMORPG in which 
weapons have a specific signature a la blockchain so like every sword that you pick up even your random regular dumb training sword uh has a specific id uh and you carry that around and you use it right but your metadata the who you are as a character is connected to that and each weapon actually contains a signature of each player that's owned it before. Imagine being able to pick up a sword or purchase a sword and look at, oh, these are the usernames of the people that used to own this sword. Uh, and these are what it was, this is what it was like when it was just a level one, this is where it began. And you can track these developments through blockchain according to their users' metadata, which means, and this is where it gets really cool, that if a user, say, say you used to own the, the weapon, and you've sold it to earn more gold. And somebody buys it way down the line. And you man and you engage in an epic quest that uh, gives you a specific type of buff or provides you with a, 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 a character trait that gives a weapon a certain type of advantage. And, you're, and meanwhile, this other person who purchased the weapon that you used to own is using a weapon that suddenly pops up and has a new buff on it. It has something that has been carried over from a past user or a legacy that's been brought forward to the game. And suddenly you have a, a, an emerging story in the game in which something that you had has been affected by another player doing something else way off in the world that you could potentially track down and investigate or figure out like what, what happened? Why did my sword suddenly change appearance? I like that. That sounds really cool. It's, actually, it like it's so cool, uh, and it's actually one of the one of the things that I think blockchain would be really like in an MMO. Like having weapons that have legacy would be so cool. Ah, be dope. There's a there's a fantastic video actually by Extra Credits, the guys who did. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That mm. used to be a game. It is a gaming channel, but it has since branched off into history and mythology videos. Uh, but did a, a, a specific video on this type of legacy that is, it's really cool. And I will, I'll link that on the SoundCloud. Speaking of which, if you like what you hear, you can find us on SoundCloud. Look up Pixel Hunt. You can tweet at us too, at a Pixel Hunt. You can subscribe or whatever. Like it. Yeah. Follow, subscribe, do whatever you can. Hit the Patreon. Just kidding, that's not up. And it will not be up. We don't <laughs> need will, money. It will not. We do right. not need money for this. Oh, isn't there something going on with Patreon? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but uh, if you've... I mean, you can look it up and if you... I mean, I I was... I, I saw a discussion about it of sorts before my exam, and then I had to put it away, so I don't know currently. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, feel free to check it out. Um, at least with this. Uh, so... Oh, excuse me. According, at least back to the article, according to, oh my gosh, according to Cho, uh, the microtransaction-driven game industry has matured and consolidated, and as a result, innovation has grown stagnant. Blockchain technology offers new growth vectors and an opportunity to do things differently. We're focused on making blockchain technology ready for the mass market and working closely with developers to create player-driven game economies that benefit both players and developers. 
and that's kind of one of the things is that like it's the goofy part is that like blockchain everyone's been looking at blockchain as like a, a game specifically to play but it actually seems like the best place for blockchain to go is not as a game but as a meta system as an economy system it seems to be like a pretty useful uh tool i don't know i think that with you know buzzwords and blockchain it's easy to kind of get lost in it but i think that I'm really interested to see what block what happens with blockchain in video games. Does it reinforce synergy? Oh yeah, there's a lot of yep. Oh, yeah, man. you you maximize your ROIs, uh, and there's a lot of synergy uh, and uh, dividends, profit margins, profit margins, stocks and bonds. How about costs of goods sold? Ooh, they're high, and you're selling. It's low. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Sorry, the selling's high and the buying's low. I don't know. It's business. Uh, uh, Which one of those is good? Uh, you've confused me. Let's just forget it. Synergy. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. Yeah. Railroad bonds. The invisible hand. <laughs> Stocks. And so, you said earlier that you'd be able to find users that have like previously owned stuff that you would have owned potentially or you'd like pop open the weapon log the essentially the weapon owner log and be like oh this was that was the username of the person that used to own this weapon and suddenly it'd be like how do i find this person triple x big daddy <laughs> underscore 420 more triple x and rotten sausage <laughs> blood fart <laughs> and rotten sausage <laughs> 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 That'll be the only <laughs> downside. It's like, ah, yes, this beautiful sword of heavenly repute. Blood fart. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Daughter Destroyer sixty nine sixty nine. Oh man. Hmm. <laughs> this, this sword's ownership took a weird turn somewhere. Yeah. Um, Kevin. Oh my God, Kevin owned this sword. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Kevin? Oh, oh, whoa. The Kevin? The Legend 27? <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, and so, like, I think that, I don't know. What do you guys think? Where where do you see, uh, where would you like to see something like that happening? Like, would you want to have a, leg like, at least in the example that I gave with Legacy Weapons, and I know, Jim, you've got a lot more experience with, like, marketplaces and World of Warcraft's auction house. Like, how do you? How would you see like that interacting with it? I honestly have no idea. I don't know enough about how blockchain works, but tracking the it's like, like cryptocurrency. So like um every every like weapons would essentially be like like blockchains. So like they'd be impossible to counterfeit. Uh, each one would be unique and have its own like special ID. Okay, that doesn't fit with World of Warcraft as we know it. Okay, um, how so? because. No individual weapon is unique. I mean, yeah, it's unique, but I mean, even even a single character can get multiple copies of the same weapon unless it is one of the Legion legacy weapons. What is that? So in uh, the Legion expansion, um, the, uh, players were given three weapons one for each of their specializations four if you were a uh druid two if you were a demon hunter um but these weapons 
scaled with you through all of Legion's content, and like you you empowered them over time as they were like as you were leveling up and going through high end content. So they, you never had to, you didn't replace them. You didn't replace your weapons for the entire expansion. Yeah, that's... You could get different appearances that you could put on them, but they were just, these were your weapons. Yeah. But they're soulbound. Yeah. You can't get rid of them. You can't ah. give them to other people when you're done with them. And even if you could, those other people wouldn't want them because they're outdated now. That's like, awesome. So, like, that specifically, your weapon scaling with you is another aspect of the blockchain, too, that you okay. would be able, that potentially you'd be able to implement. So, well, I don't know if that's something that that Blizzard has used blockchain to implement already, but, like, scaling as a, pro, like, gear that scales is a thing we've had for a while now. Right. Um, Interesting. Which I will show you about in more detail later. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, some of it is specifically useful and used primarily to help level. Um, mm. There, there are pieces of gear that you can get. You already have to, you have to have a character at maximum level to to do this. But once you do, you can buy gear that scales with you and provides experience bonuses. So it speeds up the leveling process, makes it so you don't have to worry about your gear becoming outdated, and you can just plow through the. 110 levels of content that at this point is now not current. Nice. So um, I guess it would have to be a, a system in which rather than picking up a new sword, uh, it would just be like your weapon picks up modifications, buffs, changes, and you might be able to swap them out. You're talking about a system the likes of which World of Warcraft has never seen. Exactly. That may be put up into another MMO, but I, I, yeah. I think it would have a place somewhere else because trying to implement something like that into WoW yeah. would upset a large portion of the player base yeah. who are used to gear just being static. Once you have it, it doesn't change on you. Right. If gear starts changing on us in the middle of whatever it is we're doing, it's going to upset us because everything is... We don't like change. Well, I mean, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there is a way in which, you know, your character does the same thing every time and it's that dependability. Like, the only thing that changes is your behavior. Which abilities do you trigger and when? Which things do you engage and which do you not? That's what determines how good a player you are, not the ways in which your gear morphs. Over time, or depending on what you do. Now, it would be cool, from my perspective, to, you know, have gear that adopts new traits based on what you do with it. So if you're out hunting big, bad, evil things, and your gear decides, I'm going to become better at hunting big, bad, evil things by yeah. adopting traits associated with big, good things, so like, that'd uh, be awesome. Yeah, like an example would be, like... Uh, if, like, a raid boss, like, just to use World of Warcraft examples, but, like, say a raid boss showed up, and the the reward you got for beating the raid boss was that your weapon got a new attribute. Like, it has this raid boss's blessing and or attribute now. And that's how it would alter. So, like, your weapon wouldn't change, but it would get something new. That sounds kind of cool. That would be cool, except that... Uh... <laughs> That's a discussion that we a, can have later. We don't need to have that on the radio. That's for the game dev. Yeah. The game devs to have. And, like, I think I kind of know what maybe what you were going to... I would say, like, it 
seems like certain weapons that get just stupid powerful. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that eventually the expansion would roll over and suddenly this super powerful weapon, which Blizzard is not afraid to hand out. Let me tell you, there have been times where, you know, back during Legion, um, even suppressed down to an item level equivalent to Burning Crusade, the first ever World of Warcraft expansion. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was giving me practically no stats. It was still better to have my Legion artifact equipped than to have gear that was actually appropriate to Burning Crusade because the Legion artifacts bonuses other than just stamina and intellect and crit and haste and whatever, all of its other bonuses that it gave me were still so powerful nice. that they overwhelmed these other things. Okay. But Interesting. What happens when the expansion rolls over and this weapon that you have earned all of these cool buffs on that like you slew every boss in this expansion with and it has all these buffs and suddenly the damage that like the damage numbers on it that say 50 to 60 suddenly mean practically nothing because weapons that you can get just dropped off some random schmuck mob out in the world say 500 to 600. (laughs) Yeah, that would and be suddenly a all of these buffs that multiply <laughs> your base damage by six don't matter Fair because enough. this is just so much higher. And that's the that's the thing with World of Warcraft is the constant power creep. Right. So it have to it would have to be in a different system. It, yeah. It ah, it yeah. couldn't be in weapons. It could possibly find some use in the economy, but even there, I mean, just not in WoW. It could, oh, it well, could not, yeah, no. It I don't weapons. really think it's gonna find a home in WoW. Oh, fair WoW has been around for too long and had so much uh, inertia built up behind the way grind. that it does. Yeah, everything that it does. I feel that. I don't know how they would incorporate something that drastically different lizard makes a new mmo (laughs) i mean i wouldn't put it past them but at the same time i think they're happy with the one they have fair enough i mean they they they, part of me wants it because i am interested in the story of the characters in overwatch but overwatch itself just does nothing for me um you know it you know what it it would be shortened to? What? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, wanna go play? Ooh. Oh, oh. What's oh, this? Oh. It's Overwatch Online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably would call it something else. Notices Roadhog. Oh, whoa, what's this? Notices Hook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. Suddenly, a hook. Um. So yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it has any place in in MMORPGs or like uh, would you be interested in a system like that where like it's all about like your weapon could just receive power-ups and or attributes from previous owners? Maybe in Overwatch Online. <laughs> I don't know. Only exclusively it, in Overwatch Online. That kind of requires a system in which people get rid of their weapons in a way that doesn't destroy them. Exactly. And that's... No game that I know does that. So, like, looks like looks most like of the games I play, most of the games I play, when I sell a weapon, it's destroyed. it's gone for good. And not that it's destroyed necessarily. 
like the vendor will still have it at least for a little while, but yeah, eventually it's just gonna disappear into the void. And even if it didn't, the fact that I used it and it was a magical weapon bound it to me in most of the games I play. I can't just be like, oh, here, you can, you can have this now. I don't need it anymore. That doesn't work. Right. Like I can't, my characters, no matter how many of them I have and how awesome they are, cannot just hand you my old weapons. Much as I might like to sometimes, much as it would be cool to be able to say, oh, hey, you and Nick just got to this level. I don't need these old staves anymore. Here, go nuts. Yeah. I but, can't. Well, and that's, and, and that's again, it's just because, it's just like, uh, wow, isn't designed for that. And yeah. that's cool. Because like going in as a, like the economy wasn't built around that game, the game mechanics weren't built around that. And that's fine. It'll be interesting to see be cool. who comes up with the first game that does yeah. incorporate that, something like that. I'm excited for that one. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Eve Online can find a use for it, like well, the the blockchain cool. history of a ship. Ooh, ooh, or the parts of a ship. The <sighs> blockchain history of individual ship components. Like, yeah. oh man, this engine used to be part of that other ship that made the Kessel Run in less than twelve. I mean, wait, what? Yeah, it's like, oh, that would actually that would be kind of cool. Where it's like, I you can you find like this really rare like, oh, this is like a really useful like an, an old ship part that was. Oh, that would be cool. Like whenever you, so like whenever you sell loot back to the game world, it actually just uh, randomly populates it somewhere else in the world. Be kind of that, fun. That would be cool. So like every single bit of shop loot is now that actually sold. that actually would be an interesting way for that to happen. In WoW, is what if the uh, the random loot that you get when it next drops off of some mob out in the world or some boss it remembers who last sold it right. or who last, well, yeah, it remembers who last vendored it and tells the new person, oh yeah, and it also went through the hands of this other adventurer. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think it'd, it'd open up the, the possibility for uh, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool game stuff. Um, and if there's one thing I love, it's cool game stuff. Absolutely. Wouldn't have this show without it. That's true. Um, but yeah. And of course, there are other ways you could do blockchain uh, with an economy like that. Um, you could have like cool legacy characters, a la. Uh, you could start playing uh, uh, the game of life simulator that is most Fire Emblem games, where you just have children and you pass your best attributes on to your children after you know romancing a character whose class you really like, and you're like, I want. Okay, we're gonna put these two classes together, and we're gonna have a kid with. The, the best EVs or IVs. I remember, and this is a, a reference back to Nick, uh, Nick Coulson, uh, for like a month and a half, uh, set about creating and breeding the ultimate Shuppet in Pokemon. Uh, and he called it the Uber Shuppet. Uh, and he would... There's there's certainly an element of Ubermensch. Yeah, he like... In, this, he, in that kind of gameplay. It was actually really cool because I'd like ask him about it. He's like, yeah... I've only managed to breed like one with only uh, four out of five IVs, which are like the the really the high stats. Uh, the high you wanna you wanna essentially breed a Pokemon uh, with with the highest possible base stats that it can have over all of these different ones, including special attack, defense attack, or whatever. Uh, and he, he was like, "Yeah, the like those poor ones that have four out of five, I just have to throw them away. Uh, I gotta have that five out of five <laughs> IVs." Uh, Yikes. 
I don't know. I should actually ask him if he ever did complete his his diabolical Nazi yeah, research. Running the eugenics on <laughs> on the Pokemon. It's a game. Des- it's like it's a, look. It's a game design, and they they put EVs and IVs in the game, and they made it hereditary. So why shop it? I don't know. It's he's like it, I I think it was just because like it was an easy Pokemon to find and catch. And they just kind of picked it. I'll be honest, and Shuppet looks adorable. Though its evolution is weird. Bain. Is it Bayonet? Bayonet. And its lore is that it was a discarded doll that, out of spite for its owner, gained sentience. Dope. Yeah. That's... That's a Pokemon. That's terrifying. That's a Pokemon. Ten-year-old children fight with those. All the ghost Pokemon are pretty messed up. Yeah. Like Driflum is a... Is a balloon Pokemon that tries to steal children, but because it's too weak, it just, it, it they just think it's like it's trying to hug them. They're really cute. They're like little balloon Pokemon. They've got like little tassels, and they like, they like wrap around a child, and the child's like, oh, this is so much fun. And then the Madrifsum's like, I want your soul. Come with me, child. This Let is... me in. Let me in. <laughs> this is not. What I picture when I picture Pokemon. No, no, it's not. No, nope. I love Japan and their lack of awareness. I also when it comes love Japan. To those issues. Cubone Just... wears its mother's skull. Yeah, what? It's mm-hmm. Pretty messed up. That's one of the best ones. Yeah, definitely one of the most famous. Just like I. All right. Yeah. Uh, Haunter loves to lick things, including people. And Charmander, well, the Charmander line dies forever if its tails go if its tail go out. Yeah. Which means, like, yeah. It, it its tail in, do go out. It, it tail, do go out. It do go out. <laughs> and then it die. Yeah. That's a horrifying thought, isn't it? Yeah, like, ah. that one really sad episode of the Pokemon Where it's anime. raining? Yeah. What happens if it just gets hit with a bunch of water? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that seems I, like a giant bad weakness for that Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it just burns really hard. Species-wide Achilles heel. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, still, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say as we uh, near the near the end here? We talked about blockchain. We talked about Reggie. Reggie, hero to us all. Martyr, not really, but thanks for. Uh, here's a here's an here's an apple that here's a t- television that looks like an apple. He said that when he was showing off, showing off Animal Crossing New Leaf on the Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> Was it a television oh. that looked like an apple? Yes. Good. It was like, it's part of the videos where it's like, here's a TV that looks like an apple. <laughs> what did Reggie say as his final parting words? I don't remember. I don't know. I Hold on. I It's it's over here. Let me just... It was something. It was something all right. I don't remember what. Uh, Nintendo owns a part of my heart forever. It's a part that is filled with gratitude... For the incredibly talented people I've worked with, for the opportunity to represent such a wonderful brand, and most of all, to feel like a member of the world's most positive and enduring gamer community. As I look forward to departing in both good health and good humor, this is not game over for me, but instead leveling up to more time with my wife, family, and friends. He was promoted to a customer. Yeah. (laughs) It's so cheesy, Reggie's but also the chat. very wholesome. I, yeah. I love it. Reggie's entered the chat. <laughs> Good to have you here with us. F. No. No Fs needed. 
He's from the company, but he remains in our hearts. He's oh, he'll always remain in our hearts. And also our memes. Oh, of course. Our bodies are Reggie. <laughs> For all the Reggie memes. Yes. I'm I'm not going to lie like the the thumbnail for this for this podcast episode is going to be a Reggie meme. Good. Yes. I'm Reggie. I'm Reggie too. Um yeah. I don't know. Thank you all for joining us. I I, I really I think we yeah. God bless you, Reggie. Feel feel zame. He's Haitian. Cool. Yeah. But um Thank you all for joining us. Do you guys have anything to say before we head out? Yeah, well, you thought you'd get an episode without me. Ha ha ha! Nope. Yeah, blockchain is the future, and it will always be blockchain. 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 <laughs> the blockchain game. I can't like. I would say it too, but I can't because I don't understand it. Yeah, no one does. Yeah. Not even so. the people who invented blockchain understand what blockchain really does or what it's capable of. Yeah, I mean, they don't know its power. A, a, li- a little bit, but I'd have to look it up exactly because there's so much to remember. I love it. Blockchain. Blockchain. Uh, but thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. It is a beauty. It's so fantastic to be here with you all. Uh, thank you. And Atril, hope you have a good time with your lady friend on your anniversary. Take care. Yeah.